We welcome you to the I Believe in Jesus broadcast. It is so good to be back with you today. We're just excited over what we see Jesus doing in our lives. And I believe that today God is going to inspire you as the body of Christ, lift you up maybe out of that place of heaviness and just encourage you by listening to the word of God isn't the word of God beautiful don't you love the word of God Jesus is the word so if we're in love with Jesus we have to love every word that ever proceeded out of his mouth we believe that the holy bible is the inspired word of God and today Jesus would have me begin by teaching you about a very important subject that is in the Word of God, and that's about allowing the Lord, after you are saved, to create in you a clean heart. How many of you out there that have been born again because you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior know the very importance that you keep your heart clean after God? Jesus says in the Word that, he comes into our heart to live and to dwell and that when we have him in our heart the holy spirit will begin to wash us and cleanse us and continue throughout our journey here on earth to constantly come back to the foot of the cross and cry out to him time and time again create in me a clean heart so that the world can see the heart of jesus aren't we a blessed people to have the ability to allow Christ to be formed in our heart. Today, the reading of the Word is going to admonish us not to be a rebellious house, but to be a house of God that is submitted, hallelujah, to the Word of God. In Ezekiel chapter 2 and verse 8, it says to us, But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto you. Be not thou a rebellious like the rebellious house of Israel, open thy mouth and eat what I give you to eat out of my word. Now Jesus is telling us that as we accept the word of God, we are to allow it to cleanse our heart and to become life in us. Bow your heads with me for a moment as I ask the presence of Jesus Christ to come and rest upon me that we might be able to hear what the Spirit has to say to us out there in the nations as the body of Christ. Lord Jesus, I ask the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come and rest upon me, that it might not be I, but it might be you, Lord, that speaks your holy word to the brothers and sisters all around the world. We thank you, Jesus, that you dwell in our hearts, we thank you for the greatest honor that any human being can have, and that is to be called the child of God, the child that belongs to Jesus Christ through salvation. We thank you and we praise you, and we give you all honor and we give you all glory this day. May our hearts be open to receive. May our ears be open to hear. And Lord Jesus, may you strengthen us and establish us. And may we never be found a rebellious child of God. But that you may always find us a very submissive and a very obedient child. A child, Lord Jesus, that you can uh, call one of your 
vessels that has been made for honor, that we would always glorify you by our speech, by our word, by our response, by our reactions, that the world would be able to see that Jesus Christ is alive and well through us as part of the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. I also read to you today out of Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his own ways and according to the fruit of his doing. You see, church, we shall <laughs> reap what we sow. Amen? And then Jeremiah is reminding us as people, that our human heart is deceitful. Above all else, it is deceitful, for it is selfish. It is completely selfish. And we either live our lives here on earth man-centered or God-centered, fleshly-centered or Christ-centered. How are you living today as a child of God? And if you're not saved, I can tell you how you're living. You're living unto yourself still. But the sad thing is that many Christians, after they are born again, continue on throughout their whole life still self-centered. And that grieves the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will not be able to conform a Christian that's like that into the image of Christ because they're still stubborn and rebellious and their hearts are still hard towards the molding of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the potter and we are the clay. And it's everyone's personal decision. But it, whether or not they become Christ-like, whether or not they allow the work of the Holy Spirit to take them from babes into Christ to the full maturity in Christ, it is available to each born-again Christian to come into the maturity of God. And verse 10 there in Jeremiah 17, I read it to you again. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins and give to every man according to his ways. We will reap what we sow. If we sow to the flesh, the Word of God says, we will reap the corruption of that flesh. If we sow to the Spirit, then we will reap eternal life. It's just that way. It's kind of a matter of a fact. Amen? So what is in your heart is very important to God. First Samuel 16, 7 says, The Lord seeth not as man seeth, for the man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Too many of God's people are caught up in still having a carnal mind, think it's in it, thinking it's important, more important about how they look on the outward than it is on the inward. And that's nothing but vanity of flesh. If that is more important to you, how you look on the outside, then your heart is not circumcised yet. You need to be sanctified more and consecrated more into the Word of God. God is not impressed by the way you or I look on the outside. He is a God that does not consider that as important. He looks on the inside of your heart. That is what is most important, glory to God, to the Lord Jesus Christ. What is your, the condition of your heart? 2 Samuel 7, 20 says this, And what can David say more unto you? For thou, Lord God, knowest thy servant. He knows your heart inside and out. He sends his word 
to discern the very thoughts and the very intents of your heart, as we are told in Hebrews 4 and 12. He is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of your heart. He wants our heart clean as his heart is clean. He wants to create in us, hallelujah, a clean, undefiled heart. That is God's way and God's desire. Our heart we need to keep before the Lord. For Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence. That means to me, that the Lord is saying we better continue always to pay attention to the condition of our heart, for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs 14.30 says a sound heart is the life of the flesh. That's right. You don't live long in the flesh if you don't have a healthy heart. Is that right? Well, you don't live healthy in the spirit if you don't have a sound heart. That means sound in the word of God, healthy in the spirit. Are you keeping your heart with all diligence, not only in the carnal, but in the spirit especially? Oh my, God is speaking to us. Proverbs 16 and 1 says, The preparation of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Proverbs 29 says, Who can say, I have made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin. We cannot cleanse our own heart. The only way our heart becomes clean is when we repent of sin. When we learn through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that we need to repent over the slightest sin. And the more presence of God that we are in, the more sensitive we will become to the slightest ability or experience of sin. We will hate sin. We will love our God and we will hate sin. Acts 8.22 says, Repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven by him. We harden our hearts so often, do we not? We become desensitized to sin. We accept sin. We justify sin. Flesh will always have an excuse. One of the greatest excuses in the voice of the flesh in these days, and I would imagine from the beginning of the sin of Adam and Eve, was, I can't help it, I'm only human. Jesus Christ shed his blood on Calvary. The veil was torn in two. Then we would no longer, church, have any excuse he looked up into the heavens and said father it is finished he has given us all provision to have power and dominion over all sin so the fact that we're human is no godly excuse there is none david cried out in psalms 51 and 10 and said create in me a clean heart O god and renew a right spirit within me so god can as he search our hearts show us if sin is still an idol in our life, if we are obeying sin, then we have idolatry in our heart. The Lord desires to be Lord of all or Lord of none. He says in his word to us in many ways, shapes, or forms that he continues day by day to search the hearts of mankind. Oh my, may we cry out as David did. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. 
Psalms 94, 11 says, The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man, that they are vanity. We cannot deceive God, and God will not be mocked. He knows our imaginations. The Word of God says He knows our thoughts before they are even formed. Are our thoughts thoughts of godliness, righteousness? Or are our thoughts of wickedness? And selfishness is the highest place of wickedness, all forms of wickedness. Totally concerned and consumed about self. A heart that is fixed on self is a heart of idolatry. We might as well just speak it the way it is. That's the way God sees it. Amen. Romans 2, 5 says, But after thy hardness and impotent heart treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. The body of Christ needs a fresh baptism of the reverent fear of a holy God. And when we get that fresh baptism of a reverent, righteous, holy fear of Jesus Christ, who is nothing but holiness, we will begin then to have a fresh revelation of sin and that we hate the littlest sin to the largest sin. And really, sin is sin to God, but I say it in that way because people categorize Sin. They, they set different standards of sin. They say that's just a carnal sin or a mortal sin or this is a small sin. Have you ever heard the saying of a little white lie? There is no such saying in heaven. A lie is a lie and liars will have their part in the lake of fire and brimstone, church. There's no in-between to God. Sin is sin. There are different, uh, different uh, punishments. Uh, and wages of sin is death. Different degrees of punishment in hell. But being in hell is hell. You'll be at forever separated from a holy God. So hell is hell. I mean, yet people try and find excuses. Well, at least I didn't commit this horrible sin. I might have this little sin. Somebody's hearing the word of the Lord today and understanding what I'm saying. You need to get out of that mind thought because that will desensitize you towards sin, period. We as God's people, when we become more Christ-like, that is the only thing that the Word of God releases the body of Christ to hate, and that is sin. We love the sinner enough to lay down our lives and weep before the Lord and pray for their souls to be saved, but we are to hate the sin, not pet the sin that we see in the sinner or in the Christian. And the word of God in Ezekiel told, God told the prophet Ezekiel, if you do not warn them of their sins, the, their blood I will require at your hand. Hallelujah. And I feel that anointing today that God is speaking to us strongly, that I'm warning you, do not make excuses for the least sin. Go to the foot of the cross. Make sure you sincerely repent. And if you do, you will get up a changed person and you will not continue in that sin no matter what degree you think it is. Today you need to acknowledge that sin is sin. And as David said in the book of Psalms, God, I have sinned directly against you. 
Whatever that sin is, you need to see it as God sees it. That is sin. That is wickedness. And it must be repented of. And it must be rejected. And you must desire to do what Jesus commanded the woman at the well to do. Go and sin no more. When we sincerely repent, we don't play with it. We don't make excuses for it. We go and we pray through until we know the flow of the Holy Spirit's grace comes upon us, fills that weakness, and we get up with a desire to go and do it no more. Sometimes these emotional experiences take place at the altar in churches and people are not sincere and they've come to the altar and they're playing with God and they're still justifying the sin and that's why they leave the church and they're not changed. It's not because there wasn't enough power of God in the house. It was because their heart still loved the sin more than they loved the word of God. And they go about their business and they go right back like a dog returns to its vomit and there is no change they sit under the word they hear the word but they aren't sincere in their heart to allow the word of God to do the work so I'm being admonished by God to do what Ezekiel was told to do. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. The blood is off my hands, and I no longer have it required of me that I speak the Word of truth to you. Church, whoever is listening is accountable for what they hear from what the Holy Spirit is saying through me today, repent of all sin. Do not deal with sin lightly. Your flesh will make excuses for it, tell you how weak you are. Jesus knew we were weak. That's why he came, was born of a virgin Mary went to the cross for us, allowed them to despitefully reject him, abuse him, smitten him, put a crown of thorns in his head. He finished it. He let his blood ran down that cross because we all are false short of the glory of God and we're all the weakest of all. Amen? We all needed a Savior. We all needed someone who was a perfect sacrifice and only Jesus was. He's the holy God of Israel. He is the Savior of the world. He is the Messiah. He shed his blood. And when you put your faith in him and you want to grow in him, you will not be able to tolerate sin in any way, shape, or form. The word of God commissions the church of Jesus Christ to be as he is to walk in holiness and to be holy as he is holy. And that means you and I as a child of God have to continually do what Apostle Paul told us and die daily to ourselves that Christ Jesus might be able to live that through us. And that's when we can see the holiness of God living in our lives. Somebody hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church of Jesus Christ today. The church needs revolutions. 
And the revolution means we need to get back to what the Word says, not to the gospel that has been watered down, compromised, and tickles the ears of the people. Our hearts need to be circumcised over and over again until we have that beautiful heart of Jesus Christ alive in us. Amen. Ezekiel 11 and 5 says, I know the things that come into your mind, every one of them. And I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within you. And I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. Verse 21. But as for them whose heart walketh after the heart of their detestable things, and their abominations I will recompense their way upon their own heads saith the Lord God what is he saying to us <laughs> my 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 he knows the things that are in our minds we can't deceive God he says that when we're born again, he will come in. He will take out the work of God. And the process of the Holy Spirit will begin to take out that hard, stony flesh. Lee Hart, the heart of sin, the very heart Jeremiah prophesied about is deceitfully wicked. Begin the work of transforming that stony heart of selfishness and begin to put in the tender, holy heart of a living God, Jesus Christ, transforming us into his image by renewing our mind, giving us a new spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, and causing us, glory to God, to be able to keep his statutes through the a denying self and allowing the Holy Spirit to live through us, the life of Christ. We will be able to keep all of his commandments because it will be him keeping them, but we will be a yielded vessel, no longer stubborn, impotent, hard-hearted, following our detestable, sinful ways. Because if we do, verse 21 warned us, uh, God's saying, I will recompense their way upon their own heads, saith the Lord God. If we stay after salvation, following our own ways, our own selfish hearts, not allowing the word to do the work. Jesus is saying that sin, that's going to come right back on us. Sometimes the body of Christ wonders why they're going through things. Sometimes we're going through things because God's trying to teach his people. But other times our own sin has come back upon our own heads because we justified sin, because we made excuses and we followed the flesh instead of the spirit. God's own people need to go back to the foot of the cross, to the basics of the word of God, and start truly, sincerely repenting of their own selfish ways and to wake up and see that it is time to be sincere it is time to go before a holy God and recognize that the power of Christ lives within us and that Jesus wants and desires that every one of his children come into the fullness of his life so that the world can see 
Jesus. All the world can see most of the time right now is a bunch of Pharisees in the house of God that are playing with sin and have taken on a form of an image that doesn't even look like the real Jesus anymore. <laughs> they form just like Apostle Paul said in the end times. They preach another Jesus. It's either all about self, man's image that they form, about money, about buildings, about programs. But I'm telling you what, Jesus Christ has a remnant around the world. He's always had a holy remnant. And I want to be part of that remnant. Jesus Christ is who he says he is. We can take him in his word. He was not a man after reputation. He was never out for himself. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is who he told the Roman soldiers who he was. He said, I am the King of the Jews, but my kingdom is not of this world. Hallelujah. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he's engrafted in, thank you God for doing it, the Gentiles. And we can be one with Christ, and he is a holy God, and he is a God that cannot change, and he is a God of the impossible, and he loves you with an everlasting love, and he can touch you right now. He can break through faith in the blood that he shed, that power of sin that still holds you in bondage. He already knows it. He knows your thoughts before they're formed. He knows the condition of your heart, and his cry today is to fall upon your knees, repent of your compromising sin, lay your excuses for that sinful condition down at the feet and ask the cleansing power of the word of God that has been spoken to you today to cleanse you, to deliver you, to bring you into a uh, uh, higher, deeper level of holiness in God. And that comes from the seed falling to the ground and dying. Some of you out there wonder why you're not fruitful. It's because the tree, hallelujah, has a root that's not of God. You got to get the roots clean. You got to get the worldly elements plucked up out of your mind. And you've got to meditate on the word of God. And you've got to receive the word of God. And you've got to be willing to let go of all. All the things out here in the world that have always been so important to you. And you need to come to God with a sincere heart and say, do the work, God. Forgive me of my selfishness. Forgive me for hearing the word but not doing the word. Clean my heart up. Circumcise my heart with your word today, God. I have heard what the Spirit of the Lord is saying through this vessel today and I receive the word of God and I will no longer overlook any sin. I will recognize that it has to be done by the Spirit of the Lord through me and my responsibility is to yield to the work of the word of God. It is my responsibility to repent when I need to repent and it is my responsibility to deny myself 
daily because I love you, Jesus, because I know you're my Savior and I see your love through looking at the image of the cross and the blood that ran down that cross. Jesus loved you enough to die for you. No man made him lay his life down for you. If you're listening and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, today's your day. Make your choice for Jesus. All you have to do is say, Jesus, maybe I never even believed in you before, but now I feel a presence that I've never felt before. I know that this is a supernatural presence because you are who you say you are, Jesus. You're my Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. I accept you as my Lord. I've been searching for you all my life, and I now have found you. Forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and teach me your ways, Lord. Somebody's getting saved today. Somebody's getting saved. Some Christians are, are being shaken by the voice of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in the word of 1 John 1 and 9, He's faithful and He's just to forgive us when we confess our sins. He's a faithful God. He will forgive your sins, church, and He will throw them into the sea of forgetfulness. So do what Jesus told the little lady in the Bible to do. Your sins are forgiven. Get up. Get up. It's time to get up. Go and sin no more. Jesus loves you. God bless you. We will continue to pray for our brothers and sisters in the Lord out there in the nations, and we will continue to pray for the lost to be saved. Jesus is who you're looking for. God loves you, and God bless you. And if the Lord willing, we'll be back next week on the I Believe in Jesus broadcast. Stay close to Jesus. He's soon coming. <laughs>